Hi, I'm Deanne Fitzpatrick, and this podcast is called Create Beauty Every Day, brought to you by my studio, HookingRugs.com. After the podcast, be sure to go over to HookingRugs.com, where you can find free courses about rug hooking, learn all about our kits and supplies, and sign up for our Sunday letters. If you have time, be sure to rate and review this podcast. It means a lot. Now, on with the show. Hi, it's Deanne Fitzpatrick from Deanne Fitzpatrick Studio at HookingRugs.com, and I'm right happy to be here with you today. And I just want to give you a few tips for selling your own hooked rugs. So many people decide that they want to sell their hooked rugs after they've made them for a while. And my best tip for you is to reach out to family and friends. That's how I started. I began selling my hook rugs to to my sisters and to all the people in my neighborhood and they would buy them and I would have kind of a family and friend price and that worked really good for me. So you need to let people know that you want to sell your rugs and in letting them know that you want to sell your rugs uh, you will find that people will reach out to you. Now um, the next, so that's a pla- a good place to start. The next thing is, is pricing. Uh, when you go to price your hooked rugs, you can price them by, um, you can price them by square inch or square foot if you want. Uh, there are many different methods for this and you can Google that. Some rug hooking teachers in other places have come up with square, uh, square foot or square inch prices for rug hooking and that would be based on whether or not um, it's an original design, whether or not it uses a wide cut or a narrow cut, whether your wool is new. So there are all kinds of factors in there. So you can Google that if you want. That's never been my method. I look at each piece, mine are all originals, and um, I look at each piece as as a work of art, and I decide uh, it based on the piece, because in truth, some pieces are better than others in my mind. I believe that. And so some, if, if it's an exceptional piece, it might have a higher price for me. That's how, that's how I price my rugs. Not everybody um, does that, but that's how I do it. And um, I, I've always done it that way. And this is the question I always ask myself when I go to sell my rugs. How much would I let that go for? How much, how much is that worth to me? So I never give myself an hourly wage or I never figure out the cost of my materials. I look at how beautiful the rug is and then I think, would I be, let, would I be willing to let that go for $200? Would I be let that, willing to let that go for $500? Would I be let, willing to let that go for $1,000? You know, or anywhere in between. And that's always my question to myself. How much is it worth to me? Um, the other thing that people uh, despair over when they begin selling their hooked rugs is that if they sell it in a gallery or a shop, they often have to give the gallery or, sh- or the shop 40% of the sales, 40 to 60% of the cost of the sale. That's a lot of money to give up uh, in a hooked rug. So uh, if your hooked rug is $1,000, you get to keep um, maybe 600 500 or 400 and the gallery gets 400 500 or 600 so you kind of split and some people say oh my gosh that's not fair you know the artist does all the work i can tell you that operating uh, a studio and representing or operating a gallery and representing someone does take a lot of work too and they have provided you with a space to hang your work 
and they have provided you uh, someone to be there with it all day, every day. So it is, it is a valuable, uh, it is a valuable uh, experience. And also they're giving you access to all of their customers that they've built up over a long time. So to me, uh, 40% is a reasonable price in a, in uh, or 50 50 I find 60 a bit steep myself but uh, you you will see this uh, uh, as a common experience in galleries now if you if you work with like a local restaurant or a local shop you may be able to work out slightly better terms so that's up to you um, uh, but re local restaurants are a great place to hang your work the only thing you have to remember is that uh, these are textiles and sometimes you do get the smell of food on your work and so you have to be able to air them out afterwards or just to remember that 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 could happen also if you work with someone who doesn't normally sell artwork and is selling it for you for example like a local restaurant or something you have to wonder about insurance and who whose insurance is looking after the work in case it ever got stolen or lost or damaged in the restaurant or in the shop if you put it on consignment. So consignment is often what uh, happens when you first start selling things in a, in a shop. So the owner of the shop will say to you, I'm not sure I can sell them, but I'll give it a try. Why don't you bring some in? And so when you do consignment, a lot of the times the terms favor the artist a bit more. So it's likely to be 30 or 40 percent. Um, and uh, you can you can bring it into them and they'll pay you when they sell it. Now, that is a good way for for you to get started. If you want to start selling your rugs, there's not a thing wrong with it. Uh, but you have to keep really good records and you also have to know uh how how it's insured while it's there uh you so for example if it got stolen who's responsible for it things like that um a consignment means that you bring in like 10 pieces and i did this when i first began i sold on consignment to the water street studio in picto and delia burge and i still have a great relationship um she owned the studio and we still have a great relationship and i still buy her fleece and sell it on my website so what happens then is i i brought delia uh 10 rugs and I kept a record of them and I kept the names and then they would tell me which ones they sold and when they sold them they would send me a check at the end of the month they would remit the HST and uh, and I would just get a check from them so that was really uh, that was really a great beginning for me it worked worked really well in the beginning so I had a few galleries I also had the craft gallery in Sackville um, at that time, uh, craft shows were very popular, and they're still popular today. Now, there are various kinds of craft shows. So there are craft shows like the Nova Scotia Designer Crafts Council, where you would have to be a juried member. So that means that you would send your rugs into the Crafts Council, and you would and they would be juried to see if they fit in with their craft standards and the crafts council um, and most provinces have one and i think most states have one um would have a big show once or twice a year where they would invite the public to and these shows are usually for fine craft and art 
and uh, if you pass their jurying, then you can be a mem- you can be a member and sell at that show. So this is a juried show, and uh, those are the shows where you can you command the best prices, and where you are with other artists who are off a you know, well, shall we say a certain caliber, maybe, you know, they, they, they're professionals, I would say, uh, for the most part, or they're, they're serious, uh, they're very serious about their work. And perhaps they may do other things, but their work is a very important, they may work at other things, but this craft work is very important to them. And those are the most beautiful shows that you could ever imagine, full of great fine craft. So that's if you want to be part of a juried show. And sometimes it isn't, a juried show isn't done from a craft council, but but from some organization. Um, I know in Halifax for a while, uh, and I think still there's an organization called the Halifax Crafters, and many cities have small uh, organizations that do juried shows. Then there are other shows that are like fundraising shows, basically. So an organization decides we're going to have a craft show and we're going to use it to raise money, and uh, and uh, we're going to invite artists, but they'll let anybody in. And, but some of them will say this is just for craft, whereas others, there may be uh, someone selling, um, you know, uh, there could be someone selling secondhand flea market kinds of things and a mixture of craft and flea market. So you really want to make sure that it is a craft that it is a craft exhibit and you want to know some of the other vendors in it. You want to ask the right questions and learn uh, important things about um, about the craft show and how they're putting it together, where they're having it, how they're advertising it, how they're promoting it. And being a part of these uh, craft shows can run you anywhere from, you know, $50 for a Sunday afternoon booth to $1,000 to $1,200, perhaps even more for a booth in a major craft show, a major jury craft show in a major city. And then you have to think also about the expenses around that craft show. For example, uh, do you have to travel to it? Uh, will you need a hotel? Uh, do you need to rent? Uh, you, ha- you have to make sure about your booth. Uh, does the booth come with everything that you need? Do you have electricity? Do you have lighting? You know, sometimes they, they you're charged for the chair uh, that you're going to sit on. So what do you need to take? And then, of course, you have the expense of creating a booth because it needs to be a beautiful booth. And by the time you're ready to go to a craft show, you also want to make sure that you have your name, Instagram, website, phone number, on a card or some kind of piece of paper that you can give to a lot of the people who pass through there. So I always think a bookmark is a great uh, tool for that. Uh, that's what I use a lot of times are bookmarks. Um, I have done many craft shows over the years and some have been really great and some uh, not so great. So it just depends. Um, if you can find, if you're doing original work, uh, and all your designs are original, and you can find a gallery that wants to represent you uh, and carry your work, I think that's a really great fit for a lot of rug hookers and fiber artists because the gallery wants to sell your work and will help build your reputation. Plus, sometimes being in a certain gallery lends credibility to your reputation. 
Now, there are all kinds of websites uh, called like Square and Shopify and, and that you can use to sell your work on. Um, but many people, before they start building their own website to sell their work on, they often uh, try uh, an Etsy store. And Etsy is um, is a marketplace that is designed particularly for craftspeople. And um, I have an Etsy shop and you can go on and see it if you like. My sister has an Etsy shop and it's a great way. But there are other platforms besides Etsy. If you go on and look around, so and it's it's a simple way. You take pictures of your work and post them and um, people can buy them online through the marketplace. So you don't need to have um, you don't need to have your own visa or uh, um, a way of exchanging money and, and uh, it'll all get done through Etsy. So that's an important uh, way of selling your work too. Um, I think that's, those are the main things. I think the thing you need to think about is how much it costs you to produce the work and how much uh, time you put into it. Those those are relevant things to think about. But remember that those are not the only things to think about. Once you're working, if you're making original art, then you may just want to create a price based on your originality and your talent. You have every right to do that. However, the depending on your market, you have to think about the, what the consumer is willing to pay for a piece of your work. Always, I say, start with family and friends. Ask them, what do you think about this? Find a really good friend who will be honest with you and say, um, you know, might, might tell you what they would, what would they pay for this? Now, when you ask that question, you have to make sure that you're asking the right people. If you have to make sure that you're asking someone who, who has purchased fine craft before, who understands what craft is, and, uh, you can do your, do your own research online. It's so easy now. You just go on Etsy and have a look and see what people are selling hooked rugs for. And that gives you some idea about what the market might bear. Um, I, my question that I always ask myself, and I'm going to say this again, and I said it before, is how much would I be willing to give this up for? How much is it worth to me? And there are times when I've had a large rug for a while, and I just decided that I want that to go in a home, and I'm finished with it in the studio, I don't have anything more to learn for it, to learn from it, and I'll let that go at a fairly low price. You know, it doesn't, I'm, I'm willing to make a deal if someone really wants it, and that just makes me happy to, to see it in a home. Where there are other times that I have a piece that I've had for two or three years, and I'm not willing to make a deal. I'm quite happy to keep it. It's not worth it to me to part with that. I've worked a long time um, uh, and I've tried to build a reputation for my rugs and I've had solo exhibits at um, the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia and the Art Gallery of Newfoundland and, and uh, at the University of Toronto and, the, and at Acadia University. And I've built, I've written lots of books and I've built a reputation as an artist. And so because of that, I feel... Uh, that my work has increased in value over the years and I can ask more for it than maybe I could when I first started out. But I also know that it's really important to me 
to see my rugs in people's homes, for people to love them and to be with them. And I like to make a lot of rugs. So I don't price my rugs astronomically high because I want them to to get out there in the world. And uh, so there are a lot of things to consider when you're pricing your rugs and when you're selling your rugs. And I think if you just want to start, if you just want to put a price on something and sell it and let it go, uh, there's a really beautiful feeling when someone takes the thing that you made and pays you some money for it and puts it in their home and loves it and cherishes it. That's a really beautiful thing. And we make art to express ourselves, but we also make art so that because we know that others can relate to this story and this thing that that we're doing and we want it to I want it to beautify people's spaces. I want them to walk by their kitchen and look at that and say, "Hmm, that brings me somewhere." So that's uh that's the idea for me about pricing your rugs. It's my ideas about selling your rugs and uh, selling art. And uh, it isn't right. It isn't the only way, but it's just the way that I've done it. And I hope that you got something out of it. It's a question that I get asked a lot. So I thought I'd use this podcast to talk about it. And this podcast from Deanne Fitzpatrick Studio is brought to you by HookingRugs.com. And I'm Deanne Fitzpatrick. Thanks for listening.